chapter 12, beginning at verse 29. And we'll go through 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. So hear the word of God. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it gives, keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperf imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially the gift of prophecy. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, and you may be seated. So to start out, I gotta tell you a little story, because it kind of fits. I was in 10th grade, I was in chemistry class. It's a long time ago, I know. But the teacher walked out of the room. And this kid, I believe he was waiting for the moment that the teacher was gonna walk out of the room. He says to the guy next to him, take some of this acid and pour it on this zinc powder. The kid's like, okay. Now, this was one of the smartest kids in the whole school that told this other one to do this. So he just walks over. He doesn't know. Pours a little bit of nitric acid on zinc powder and pfft, small explosion, but it was an explosion. Okay. And everybody jumped and the teacher came back in the room immediately and the kid had powder all over him and, and she knew what happened. But the other kid got in trouble, not the one who did the action. But why am I telling you that? In this world, Things happen that we don't see. Deep down in the molecular level, some kind of reaction took place. That zinc powder and that nitric acid, they reacted and the result was kaboom. If we take a lighter and we put it near gasoline, 
kaboom, right? If we walk through a crowded room where most people have the flu, plan on being sick for a few days, most likely, unless you had a vaccine. And maybe even then, you might still get it. What I'm saying is that things happen in our lives that we don't see, that we know they happen, right? We don't see the gasoline exploding inside the cylinder in the car, yet we probably, unless we walked here, we drove or we rode with someone who drove. Anybody else fly? Anybody bring an airplane in? RJ, did you bring an airplane in today? No, okay. So we drove here. So you, you believe that these things happen, okay? And that's important. That's the foundation. I, I, there's a reason I'm telling you that. Just keep that in mind. That things happen that we don't see, and we believe, it's called faith, we believe they're happening, even though we can't see it. Now, if we had electron microscopes and things like that, we might be able to see it, but anyway. The reason I started in chapter 12 and went through 14 is chapter 1 Corinthians 13. Have you ever heard this before? I'm sure everybody's heard this one before. If you've been to a wedding, you most likely heard it. If you're married, you might have heard it at your wedding. It's very common in a wedding. Typically, what they'll do is they'll read verse 4 through 7, and then they'll jump down to verse 13, because that's where it just talks about love. Okay, I get it. But what's Paul trying to teach us here? That's, what I, that's the first thing I want to show you. What Paul's trying to teach us here, the second thing I want to talk about is what Paul is getting at, but doesn't really express it directly in the Scripture. But if we take the entire Bible, we can see it. So two things today. So first of all, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is teaching about the gifts that we have, gifts of the Spirit. Ian and I have done a Bible study on this in the past, a couple years ago, before COVID. Downstairs, we did a, a Bible study on the gifts of the Spirit. We all have at least one gift. We may not know it. And as we use that one gift, we might get other gifts. And as we use two gifts, we might get three. And this is also spoken of in Matthew with the parable of the talents. To the one who had three, three more were given. To the one who had five, five more were given. To the one who had one and didn't use it, it was taken away. So I encourage you, find out what your gift is. And not just the ones in 1 Corinthians 12, they're also in Romans chapter 12 and a couple other places, Ephesians 4. There's places where you can find the gifts. If you want to know, ask me or Ian. We will be glad to help you decide, determine, not decide, determine the gift that the Holy Spirit has bestowed upon you. But the reason I brought that up is because these gifts that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, he then goes into 1 Corinthians 13, talking about love, and he goes into 14 and starts talking about two particular gifts. So we can't just skip the fact that before and after, he's talking about these gifts. He doesn't just say, oh, you know, by the way, there's this thing called love, and love is patient, love is kind. No, they go together. You see, Paul wasn't writing a novel and didn't sit down and say, okay, end of chapter 12. What am I going to talk about? Oh, let's change the scene to love. Chapter 13. Okay, I'm going to go back now to finish up what I had in 12. That's what a novelist does. But Paul's just writing his letter, and love is tied to 
the gifts. But here's something he says that I want to point out about it. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But love never fails. Okay? Love never fails. These other gifts, they can stop. Because you have a gift doesn't mean that God's gonna, you're always going to have it. There could be, he might give it to you for a time. You might start prophesying for a couple days. You might have it your entire life. You might speak in tongues sometime. I know everybody's like, ooh, that's taboo. No, it's not. It's really not. It's a gift and it has a purpose. It has a very important purpose. But we don't have time for that. But anyway, it might happen just once or twice. Okay? But this love thing, in between the two, ties it all together. It's very important. Okay? It's not just a, hey, I'm going to put this in here so when people get married, they can read this and I'll be famous. Everybody will say, hey, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13. No, that's not why he did it. He's trying to say that all this ties together with God's love. And what is God's love? Something incredibly powerful that we don't fully understand. Last time I spoke, I talked about how God is the I am. Remember that? It was a few weeks ago. He was talking about how he is the I am. He just always exists. It's not I was or I will be. And I think I used the example. I said, I was sleeping this morning. I am standing right here right now. And then I will be. And I, I was wrong. I said the Browns would beat the Chiefs. and They didn't. But <laughs> they've, they've won every game since. But anyway, what I'm saying is I have to speak in that I, you know, my past, the present, and the future. God is, I am. He just always exists. God's love is the same way. It has always existed, it always will exist, and it exists right now. So if you grasp, grasp that concept of I am, think of God's love that same way. And it's not something that we just say, yes, God loves me. It is the glue that ties us everything together. It is something that the greater understanding we have of what God's love is, the more we grow. The more we grow in our relationship with him, the more we grow in our relationships with one another, the stronger we grow in our relationships with one another. Let me tell you why. If you're married, why'd you get married? Just think, you don't have to answer, just think to yourself, why'd you get married? There was something that attracted you to the other person. Could have been physical, could have been what they did for you. You know, if your husband bought you flowers when you, before you got married or took you to dinner and spent money on you. There's, there's all kinds of reasons. There's many, many reasons. And I can't list them all. But that's why you came together. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about love of husband and wife and, and friendship and things like that right now. And we'll talk about children in a moment. But just on that level of friends and, and spouses, okay? If something happens and 
you feel like, hey, that's not happening. He's not, he hasn't bought me flowers for five years. You know, she hasn't given me a back rub for two weeks. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things like that that we might say, okay? But if we let that fester and we let it grow, now it becomes conditional. I loved him because, I loved her because, God's love's not like that, is it? why God loves us? You think God loves you because you're sitting here right now? You think God loves you because you gave money when we took up the offering? You think God loves you because you can sing really well, that you know the Bible really well, that you can prophesy or speak in tongues or heal or do miracles? Does he love you for that reason? No. You know why God loves you? Because he is the I am. That's the only reason. Because he is, I am. Because he is God. I know, it's hard to grasp that concept, isn't it? But God loves you because he is God. It says so in Deuteronomy, I forget the exact verse right now, but it's in Deuteronomy chapter 7, I believe. He says to Israel, he goes, I love you because I am God. That's it. It's not what we do. Therefore, all those bad things that we do that we're not going to talk about, but we know we do, we know we have done or will do, may even be contemplating right now instead of listening to me. Who knows? We all know that we are sinners. Can those things take you away from the love of God? Can they destroy God's love? You know why people get divorced? People get divorced because one person says, you know, it's just not like what it was. It's not the person I married. That's one of the biggest reasons. There's all kinds of reasons, but it's conditional. It's conditional. Marriage is not meant to be conditional. Because marriage is meant to be like what God has with us. He is a husband to us, the bride of Christ. And it's not conditional in his mind. It is, I'm God, I love you, we're married. That's it. But when we as human beings put conditions upon love, we do it in our relationships. Well, he's not my friend anymore because you want to hear what he said about me. Man, she was so mean to that to my kids that I'm, I'm never talking to that woman again. Okay, I know you don't want people to be mean to your kids, but we're putting conditions upon love. I mean, we call it friendship, but let's face it. Love is the invisible bond just like those molecular things that exploded in that kid's face. Love is an invisible bond that ties people together in relationship with one another. And when we put conditions on it, we try to separate that bond. And then when we try to put those same conditions, because we're human and we think in human terms, like Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But now that I'm a man, I put childish ways behind me. A child is conditional. A Christian babe is conditional. When we put that behind us and we say, I love just because God is love and he put that love in me, we don't see the conditions anymore. We don't see the conditions. Now, before I go any further, I got to say there, I know there are circumstances, there are people in this world that are you don't want to be around them. I understand that. But 
That doesn't apply to everything, okay? And it's rare, in my opinion, more so than it is the norm. We really need to think about our relationships with one another and see if we're putting conditions on them. Has your child not called you for a couple weeks? I know that's painful. It happens to me. Call them. Be the one. Has your spouse been doing what you think he or she should be doing? Then you do it. Be the greater one. Put the childish ways behind you and move into God's love because his love always exists. And it's something that we can take hold of in our lives and use, and it changes us. It changes us. When you put fire to gasoline, there is a change that takes place. It's a chemical change that takes place. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works. I just know that I don't put fire near gasoline, okay? I know I turn my car off when I'm pumping gas. I don't know how, but I know that it's dangerous to bring the two together. I know now it's dangerous to bring nitric acid and zinc powder together. It's a good thing it was just a little spot. I mean, he could have blown up the whole school with that, probably. But what I'm saying is, when we put God's love into our lives, it changes us. And we can't even see it. We feel it. We know it. We trust that it's there. And sometimes it happens without us even realizing it. When we stop saying things like, well, God is pretty angry with me. Okay, God does get angry with me. Book of Hebrews tells us that. But he does it because he loves us. He corrects us, okay? It's not like God's done with me because of what I did. No, never going to happen. The same guy who wrote this, what we read, if I back up a little bit here in the Bible, the Romans chapter 8, what Ian will be covering in a couple weeks, nothing, not a single thing, not angels, no demons, nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have in Jesus Christ. I can't find it right now, but Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God's love. I don't care what you do. You can think, you can tell me, but Phil, what about this? I don't care. You can think of something that is unimaginable, and God will not stop loving you because He is God. He is the I am, and He loves. Not will love, not has loved, he loves. And when we apply that to our lives and take out the conditions, put off childish things, then we see love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not make a record of wrongdoing. Hey, you know what? Love never fails. How about that? So you thought it was just for a wedding, and here Paul was really trying to tell us about something incredibly powerful. Sure, we're going to hear it in weddings, and that's fine. But it's more than just for a wedding. This is a power 
in our lives that is so unique, so incredible, so strong, that we can't see, we can't touch, we can't hear it, we can't feel it. Well, we can feel it. <laughs> it's in our spirit. It's not physical. And that's the catch right there. This is what I'm going to leave you with. Love is not a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing that occurs in our minds, in our spirits. It is not physical. You see, the problem is in our world, things that are physical, I don't want to drop the Bible, but here. When I let go of this, what's going to happen? Gravity takes over. Boom, it falls to the ground. That's a physical law. I, the only way I can stop that from happening is put something underneath it to catch it. If there's nothing, if the floor wasn't there, it'd be in the basement right now. If the basement wasn't there, it'd be down into the ground. Something has to stop that physical law of gravity from happening, right? It is bound by physical laws. Love is not bound by physical laws. Therefore, love is not bound by conditions. So we should stop putting conditions on love, and we should see love for what it is. Apart from who God is, it is the most powerful thing in the world. Love is why Jesus went to the cross. Love is why God raised him from the dead. Love is why God said, I adopt you as my children. Love is why God speaks to us, why he gives us gifts, why he heals us, why he protects us. And most of the time, we don't even see it. But his love is there, always. Because, as Paul said, love never fails. Love never fails. My keys will continue to fall to the ground as I drop them. Most of the time I can't find them. But love never fails. So take that with you today. If you're struggling with something, say, God, I need your love. You want to make a change in your life? You want to grow closer to God in relationship? Say, God, I need your love. Because when you get closer to God, his love is pulling you in. It's changing you. And six months from now, you're going to say, I am not the same person I was six months ago. And you know why? Because of love. It's a real thing. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the greatness of your love that never fails, that is so incredibly powerful. Lord, I can't even begin to speak of just how wonderful it is. I can spend 20 minutes talking about it, but it doesn't even scratch the surface of what it is. So help us individually to know in your way, speaking to us what your love is. Let us not walk out of here without the Holy Spirit coming upon us right now in our minds, in our spirits, and telling us how incredible your love is. Fall on us, Holy Spirit, on all of us here right now. Fall and teach us your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.